Blog Talk Radio. Hello, hello, Blog Talk Radio. This is Miss Laugh-A-Lot on the line. I have an awesome guest on the line tonight. Her name is Janice Butler. I have a copy of, of her book called Toes to the Front in My Hot Little Hands. It's called Toes to the Front and Other Life Lessons. Janice has a very, very interesting background. I actually personally met her when I saw her doing many things in the community of Quesnel, British Columbia. I saw her working with children in the community. And I also saw the difference that she made personally on so many people uh, in, in the community of Quesnel. Janice Butler is a registered clinical counselor, and she's been in the, in the practice for 20 years. So she has also been involved in the performing arts. That is, that's where I saw her. And she founded the Kersley Musical Theatre, the Yes Youth Entertaining for Service, and the CIA Compassion in Action and Cottonwood Summer Theatre Productions. This is where I saw her make a lot of impact on the community. And I was so impressed by the way the community received her and the difference that she made. Today, we are going to talk to Janice about archetype and I'm very excited to hear about archetypes. I think it's uh, valuable information for many people to learn about themselves and I'm really excited to hear these words coming right out of her mouth. Hi. <laughs> Hello. I'm here. Hi. You are here. <laughs> I am here. Ha. <laughs> 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 We're off to a good start. We're giggling, so I guess that's a good thing, right? <laughs> yes, oh. I, I like that. <laughs> yes, of Janice, course. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, hey. <laughs> um, Janice, I, I'm really, really intrigued with role play and, and characters and, of course, discovering aspects of self, self that we can actually uncover to, to to help each other. What I'm wondering is, why did you decide to take a look at archetypes and why are they so important to you to to learn about and share? Well, it's really interesting, you know, because I've been involved with theater my whole life and um, I have a storyteller archetype, actually, and all stories are built upon archetypes. All characters um, are built upon archetypes. But I never really understood or started studying them till about maybe four or five years ago. And I attended a workshop that was called Discovering Your Archetypes. And for me personally, at the end of that weekend, I felt completely different. I felt so empowered and like I had sort of just stepped into the totalness of myself. And and I had the thought, you know... I can't fool anybody anymore because now I was with a room of strangers. They saw these archetypes in me. I I couldn't play small. I had to step into them and just own it. And and since then, there's been quite a major shift for me in my life, just really moving more powerfully into the truth of who I am. And And I really think it's this work with the archetypes that brought that about for me. Part of the process during the workshop is that you you determine your personal archetypes. And so, you know, and Heather, you and I had a conversation earlier where you said, as you were reading the list, 
you could identify with all of them. And it's true. There's, you know, there's hundreds of archetypes and we all contain bits and pieces of all of those archetypes. But the truth is that for the purposes of our, our soul's journey, we, we have some that are more dominant. And so for instance, myself, um, I have like an optimist and a storyteller and a priest and a goddess and um, a guide and, and knowing about those things and really clarifying my, my purpose on the planet, it just helped me to be more conscious. It raised my consciousness and it raised my level of being on purpose and using all that, that's sort of within me to accomplish that sacred contract. Where did this concept of archetypes begin for people who have never... Heard, yeah, heard this before. Lots of people say, my, my niece, I sent her uh, invitation and she said, what's an archetype? <laughs> like people are, you know, they don't know what that is necessarily. Um, it it actually started with Aristotle. He, he sort of um, developed a similar type of, of concept, but he didn't call them archetypes. The word archetypes kind of came about... Um, with Carl Jung, who was a great psychologist at the same time as Freud was around. And he, he noticed that there were particular patterns of behavior cross-culturally that people identified with. And those would be things like the mother, the father, the villain, the, you know, the clown, things that it seemed that every culture seemed to have a representation of in some form or another. And he, so he started the work. Carolyn Mace is um, one of my mentors and heroes, and she has written many, many bestseller books. And the one that the course is based on is called Sacred Contracts, and that's about archetypes and your sacred contract. What is the purpose for you being here on the planet? So when we when we discover our archetypes, then we discover our soul purpose. We we help it helps to get us there to define it. Absolutely. And then I actually, you develop a relationship with those parts of yourself. You begin to see, you know, my optimist, for instance, has been overworked. And I I call on that archetype a lot. And so I recognize that there's other parts of me that perhaps could could be helpful. (laughs) And I don't have to rely so heavily just on one part of myself. And so it's about bringing myself into some balance using all the the parts of myself that are available. And and ultimately, really, it is about stepping into our soul's purpose. Like, why am I here? What is it that I'm meant to contribute to this planet? And, and how can I serve? For me, that's always the question. And you probably remember that from my theater work. I mean, that's a big thing I would always say to the actors. When you're when you go out on that stage, it's not about how you look, it's not about your costume, your hair, your makeup. It's about how can I serve? How can I do something that will make a difference and touch somebody? And um ultimately when we develop and understand our archetypes, we can serve the planet. In a in a fuller way, and and for for me uh, ex- exploring this on my own, I didn't I didn't necessarily know they, that these were archetypes, but um, 
it, this is it's a really interesting concept because, it, as you say, stepping into the power. When I started to understand that these different, you know, character characters about myself kind of stepped up and embracing that that's okay, I did notice a lot more balance. And and so I guess it it, it alleviates, uh, you know, these different feelings around hiding different parts of ourselves, right? Which can be well, what would you say? What yes. what, what feelings would we hide? What, or, you know what I mean? What would come up? What, what would what would we repress, and how would that affect us? Yes, that's such a big part of it, Heather. Because, I mean, every archetype has a shadow side and a light side. So, for instance, if you have a teacher archetype, in the in the light, that's somebody who loves to impart knowledge and share information and encourage other people to seek wisdom, but in the shadow, that archetype can become um, manipulative and controlling and hold on to knowledge to make them more powerful. And so it's about understanding that the right use of the archetype as well, right, is going to bring us closer to fulfilling our sacred contract. And it is about accepting you know what, in my immature state, in my ego state, I am going to sometimes be in the shadow. <laughs> and and that's just the truth, right? And and that's part of our human adventure, right? Mm-hmm. But it's, accept, it's accepting all of that. Now, if, do you think that a concept like this would be um, how early would would somebody benefit in their life from learning about archetypes? Yeah, you know, it's an interesting question because somebody asked me the other day if I um, would offer it to children. And we, we've had probably the youngest person we've had in our workshops is around 14. And he handled it very well. We've had lots of 15, 16-year-olds and many 20-year-olds because, you know, like I wanted to make sure all my... I call them my kids. All my kids had um, the opportunity to do the workshop. I think children are naturally playing out their archetypes. If you watch them, you'll know what their archetypes are because it's just their natural state of being. And we we walk away from that sort of like you said because we almost get afraid of the power that it means like what does it mean if i have a guide or a goddess or a healer or a king or a queen archetype what does that mean and how do i step into that power and, it, and you know really many of us have lost the sense of the truth of who we are as we got older right as we come from childhood into adolescence we lose that right mm-hmm you know yeah. what comes up to me, and it's been coming to, up to me all day since we, we spoke. When we look at, how would you, like when you look at people with, with chemical imbalances of the brain, okay, um, or different, you know, um, like say somebody who has bipolar or somebody who has uh, schizophrenia or something like that, would this workshop or how would this workshop work for individuals with different ranges of functioning of the brain and chemical makeup of the brain. Does that make sense to you? It it does make sense. That's a pretty complicated question. Um, 
I'll do my best to answer it in our little mm-hmm. limited space because um, there's going to be lots of views and lots of opinions about mental health and um, people with mental health issues' ability to do something, this kind of work. And it depends what you believe, okay? <laughs> so personally, I think, um, in my experience, I have had many people with mental health issues come through my group because my groups have been primarily made up of clients. And so a lot of them have, you know, been diagnosed with, say, bipolar disorder or um, depression or other kinds of mental health issues. Part of that stems from not understanding who you are. So if you have a an archetype, like a shaman archetype, where animals and nature are speaking to you all the time, you may be labeled as somebody who's schizophrenic. And so that, that can become uh, your life then, this label of mental illness, when in fact, you actually have a really beautiful gift. And you just don't understand it. And the people who are trying to help you don't understand it fully either, right? Now, that's not to say that there isn't a place where, you know, people maybe have lost touch with reality to a point where they're not going to be able to really benefit from the workshop. But I think I think we have to just look at it as holistically as possible. And, of course, be very careful and gentle and guarded um, with people if we think they're fragile and we're trying to work with them, right, in, in this kind of a setting. Hmm. So, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, we could probably talk for hours on that one, but we don't have hours, that's, do we? That's, that's <laughs> a big one, Heather. It's so it big. big. It, and it, it, was, it was, yeah. It was burning in your, I, I, I could, it was burning for you, yeah. Yeah, I, I'd like to look into that. Well, I was thinking about it all day. Like, well, you know, it just kept coming up. Like, how would this, you know, because it's always been very fascinating to me, uh, this idea of, of, you know, multiple personalities in, in, in people and, you know, what what's behind that, right? So, moving mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. Um, in and that's another show. We can talk about yeah, that. That's another. We could have a whole show to just talk about that for sure. Yeah, we could, Janice. And I, I would love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I think it's an important topic. Okay. In an archetype workshop, you are having one in November. Was it November fifth, sixth, and seventh, right? Of November. Yes. Is it six? I think it's six, seventh, eighth. It's Friday, Saturday, six, Sunday. Seven, okay, six, seventh, eighth. Um, what does a typical workshop look like? What would people be doing? You know, what would would we oh. be? Would people oh, be asked like? Yeah, it's a really a, a lot of different things happen over the weekend. So it's 25 hours, so it's fairly intense. So you're you're kind of huddled in together, and uh, the first night you're gathering a lot of information about archetypes and just trying to kind of ground yourself in in the information. And then we start into some processes. We do some <laughs> skits and. Um, acting out or poetry or some people have done artwork around archetypes and we do meditations we do some group work some group discussion work we do some dancing we do a little singing like we um 
it's a pretty varied <laughs> weekend. And, and, and when people first come, it's really interesting because I just uh, read a testimonial from my last workshop from a woman who's an elder in Williams Lake, retired principal. And um, she said, you know, she, Friday night when people come, everybody's very tense and they're kind of looking around like, you know, do I fit? What am I doing here? Am I crazy? And by Sunday, when we come to a circle to just wrap up and finish and say our goodbyes, tears are flowing. Friendships are formed. People have connected on a soul level. It's a, it's really beautiful. And like my husband, who also supports um, during the workshop, he always says to see people connecting at that soul level is such a beautiful gift because we don't get that very often in our everyday lives, right? So there's a lot no. of deep work that happens. Yeah. Hmm. A lot of deep work. Transforming. Mm. Transforming, uh-huh. for sure. For sure. Hmm. So, okay, now, in in your work in theater and, of course, in your profession, what um can can you think of a tip any kind of interesting story of a, a person in of um in particular that that comes up for you uh that you learned a lot from and perhaps that you could share to do you mean in terms of archetypes or do you mean absolutely yeah in archetypes just like in general where, where, yeah sure well, well, something came you, up in archetypes I'll tell you. Yeah, I'll tell you a story. What comes to my mind, and so I, I'm just going to speak this because it's what came, and it actually makes me feel quite emotional. And um, and I don't know if you remember, but um, there's a gentleman whose son was always the stars of our shows, Richard Sutton, and his father, his name is Dave Sutton. He's a social worker, actually, but he... He has a servant archetype. Okay, he's not done the archetype workshop with me. His son has, Richard, and of course he has a star archetype. But um, Dave Dave silently just served. He shows up at rehearsals. I often would have special needs people involved in the shows. He would drive them and make sure they were at all the rehearsals. And he would take photographs. So he also had an artist archetype. So he would take photographs of all the cast, all the rehearsals, and he would go home. He would make print copies of all those pictures, and then he would deliver them with in an envelope with names on them the next day. And I'm talking like sometimes we had 100 people in the cast, right? And he did this for 10 years, and he just did it quietly and um selflessly and and I look at that that's the pure essence of a servant archetype because he was so beautifully reverent about what he was doing and yet he was offering such a such a great service to people right and so I don't have to to sit in a a room and do an archetype workshop with him to know that that man has a servant archetype right like lots of times you can just see it in people like the star archetype for instance um is really obvious to me because i've been in theater all my life and i can see those people that just have that special charisma that plays out so beautifully on stage right but then there's the people um the artists 
archetypes who stand and paint the sets for hours and hours. And you were more involved in kind of some of the art stuff when you were helping uh, with the show. Yes. And that, yes. That's, an, that's and painting another. Pieces. <laughs> and paint and makeup, right? And that's also, yes. you know, part of an artist archetype. Um, the clown archetype, which you and I talked about earlier today, you know who they are on stage as well, right? Because <laughs> they always steal the show. They always get all the laughs. <laughs> and so it, it, those things are just um, quite, you know, they're really obvious um, to anybody. We use the language of archetypes all the time. We say, isn't she a diva? What a princess. Oh, he's... You know, he's such an athlete. Those are all archetypes, right? Or he comes into the room like he's a king. He owns the space. That's, that is a king archetype. And all of those things, we use them in our everyday language, and we're not really aware that we're actually talking about a soul's blueprint, right? Huh. So, and, yeah. if, and if these... If, People do not act out that archetype there, or they it will contribute to depression. Like, how could it not? Like, if a writer is supposed to sing, or a writer is supposed to write, you know what I mean? And, and they don't write, then no Absolutely. wonder they're depressed. Or, yeah. Absolutely, Heather. And that's what that whole question of mental health issues, I think parts of that has just been is repression of the truth of who you are. And it's true, if you have, you know, even myself, I have this goddess archetype, and it's probably the one that I, I've had to, I'm really having to work on <laughs> that archetype. And I know it's part of owning my feminine power. It's about creation and creativity and abundance and all of those things. And the more I step into it, the more my life is blessed because I'm stepping into that. But if I repress that, I, I and this is just my belief, right? But if we repress our feminine power, we're going to end up with diseases like breast cancer and cervical cancer and uterine cancer and ovarian cancer. And, and I think our body is just following the lead of repression and sort of let's get rid of that part of ourselves, right? Huh. And that we I, do that yeah. through dis dis ease disease, right? And it's and I, that's I think a whole it's a huge, <laughs> oh totally. And I think it's totally <laughs> one of the contributions of of autoimmune disease, right? Like it only Absolutely. makes sense to me. Like like I was talking to um, Daphne McDonough uh, last week on last week's show, and she was talking about um, uh, yeah, if we. You know, the body can heal itself, right? It really does. And um, I've seen many people heal themselves, right? And I believe that emotion yeah. is, you know, and, and, and the archetypes are, of course, highly connected. Of course, and, and disease yeah. in the body. So, yeah. toes to the front. I'm, I'm looking at your book, Toes to the Front. Can you tell me yeah. what? Yeah. What inspired you to write Toast to the Front? Well, Toast to the Front was a gift that I wanted to give to all of the people who had been involved with my theater productions while I lived in Quinnell. So as I prepared to move away from that community and I was being called to southern Alberta, 
I, I wrapped up my theater stuff. And I, as you mentioned, I had a, a really big theater um, company called Kersey Musical Theater. And there, that was a family, family um, theater company. So we had kids from five years old to we had grandmas in their 70s, 75. My husband is 76, so he was the oldest. And um, everybody participated as a family. And we did big productions with 100 people on our little community stage. And when I, I, I often gave, people used to call them sermons, right? Uh, I, I, I often <laughs> talked to them about the things that I thought were important, like being kind to one another and um, always serving and keeping, keeping your toes to the front, looking forward and keeping an attitude of openness to whatever happens in the world around you. And so when I was wrapping it up, I thought, let's, I want to do something that they can remember those gifts, the, all those um, lessons. So I decided to write them down in the form of lessons. And one of my stage managers who began with me when the theater started and, and worked with me all the way through, a fabulous photographer, she did these beautiful photos. And then another good friend of ours, um, he's a graphic designer, so he laid the book out. And the three of us stood in a circle and we said, help us to serve. We want this book to be a blessing to anyone that picks it up and we want to give it to a gift. And we gave away probably, I don't know, three or 400 copies to all the cast and crew. And then I just, I just been kind of selling them um, in, in stores around Quenelle and um, gifting them here and there. And sometimes I do little joy joy bombs or love drops where I just leave them on somebody's car window or in a restaurant, like I'll leave them on the table for the waitress or um, I've taken them to like oncology units because they're just short little, a page or two messages um, about how, how to live a happy life and how to find joy, right? And how to laugh at yourself. <laughs> That's that's a big one. <laughs> How to so, have fun and not take things too serious. <laughs> can get a little serious, or you're, you know, we can we can create that. Okay, this this idea of seriousness, which is very yeah. real. I mean, yeah, things sometimes things get serious, but I'm just I've just opened your book and it opened on uh, lesson eight. So I'm just going to read mm-hmm. it. Slow down and live in the moment. You have all the time in the world. The point mm. of power always in the present moment. Louise Hay. Can you ta- tell us a bit about this chapter? Oh, that's interesting. It's one I haven't thought about for quite a while. I think my favorite chapter in the whole book is the one on being kind because that's so important to me. But but this living in the moment, maybe that's a message for me. <laughs> I'll take that. Oh. Thanks, uh, the universe give me a message but I think it's about you know my daughter's vehicle got impounded yesterday and she said to me why am I getting so many tickets mom like what's happening why am I putting what energy am I putting out there and I said you're not living in the moment you're not being mindful and you're not paying attention and there that's when things get all you know crazy and the universe has a way of kind of waking us up. Oh, I, I wasn't paying attention, right? So living in the moment is just 
fully embracing everything that's coming your way right in this moment without fear of the future or worry of the past because you only have this moment. You, you, nobody ever was successful at changing their past and making it better. And nobody really has control of their future. We have this moment. And so that's what that lesson is really about, is just really being mindful and just cherishing and embracing and loving in this moment. Well, Janice, I am very, I am cherishing this moment right now. And I uh, must say very, uh, thanks very much for coming onto Blog Talk Radio and talking to us about archetypes. Um, we'll definitely see her in the playground, I'm sure, hey? You betcha. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> blessing, okay. blessing, sister. All yes. right, thank Bless- you. Okay, yes, thanks very much. Uh, uh, yeah, as, as Janice said, be kind. I, I love, this is what I've always loved about Janice and what she portrayed in the world of, of Cornell, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. is be kind. And if we can leave with that, Mm-hmm. Um, Amen. That's, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. You betcha. Yeah.